the TARDIS arrives on Earth in 1925, where due to a case of mistaken identity, the Doctor ends up playing a cricket game. After the match, the travellers accept an invitation to a masked fancy dress ball, but events take a more sinister tone as murders are discovered. Can the Doctor figure out who's behind them? This is Black Orchid. Welcome to Regenerated. wrong, Robert. Charles is not to blame. What did the doctor mean about the black orchid? Well, you saw how George looked. The Kajabi Indians did that to him. To them, the black orchid is sacred. And they cut out his tongue. His mind was affected. He was rescued by another tribe, and their chief befriended him and brought him home. The Tony? Yes. The Tony and Digby's help, I was able to keep George hidden in the house. Did George kill Digby? Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerate. My name is Matt. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful wife, Becky. I know why you say it in such a sarcastic tone. Well, you are wonderful, Becky. I say it every week, and I mean it every yeah, week. Yeah, but now you're saying it in a sarcastic tone. Well, actually, I've got a little bit of phlegm in the throat. Um, would you like to explain why, you, uh, for, for people who listened to last week's podcast, Becky was coughing a little bit on the podcast, which we had to apologise for. Well, we have an answer for that, don't we, Becky? Yeah, Rona stage two. Yes, we got COVID. So Becky obviously had it when we, we were doing the podcast, but unbeknownst to us until like the next day. Well, no, because I ended up having a bit of a cough the evening and then I ended up having a massive fever all night. Yes. Where I just couldn't. I was just so hot, and then but then I couldn't get cold, and it was just keeping me up all night. Yep. And then you basically were like, oh, well, I better do a COVID test because I've got to yeah. go to work. And then you were like, oh, well, you better test for COVID, which it didn't even occur to me that it could be COVID. I just thought, oh, you know, that maybe I just felt like crap. I think that's the problem with COVID now. So and... People do just think they've got a cold or they just feel like, as you put it, crap. Well, no, because when, when I was ill for about a month between Christmas and January, it you know, I ended up with a sinus infection, a laryngitis, and an ear infection. And I re- felt really bad, so I just felt maybe I got that back. Mm. And, um, you know, I, wouldn't, I didn't even think about it until, you know, obviously one of the kids came down, done his test, and then... His came back positive just as I was doing mine. Yes, and then mine, and he didn't have no symptoms. Mine come back as um, positive the day after you. So yeah, um, not one. It was two days. It was yeah, two days well, after yeah. because yeah. me and the middle child tested positive mm. on the Tuesday. And the youngest tested positive the day after that. And then I think you were the day after that. I don't know. So, yeah, obviously I'm still a little Although, bit... Although, no, I think it was all three of you on the second day. I'm still a bit bit, but sort of nasally, um, but I'm getting over it. And I think I'm still, you're getting I'm over s- it. I'm still phlegmy. So anyway, we'll... I've still we'll, got my Phoebe Buffet voice again. Yeah, we'll plough on with the podcast because 
we want to just bring it to you no matter what, come rain or shine. So this week... Well, I know a lot of people basically said that they've left, been left with permanent sniffles after mm. and feeling like really congested all the time post-COVID. I've heard... You know, you know full well what it was like for me last month, last year when I had it. I ended up having problems of breathlessness for about three months. Yeah, that's unfortunate side effects to this thing. So mm. over the weekend in this country, it was the King's Coronation. And part of the King's Coronation concert, Shooty Katwa was part of it. So obviously Shooty Katwa is the newest Not doctor. we watched it. We didn't watch it. <laughs> I haven't watched it. But apparently, according to all sort of reports, he did a bit of Shakespeare. I think he played Romeo. Really? So, yeah. And there was also a little small micro, I call it a micro trailer for the 60th special. It didn't really show anything, to be honest. But it's kind of just bringing a bit more hope to the actual uh, 60th uh, anniversary as we go on. So this week we have a bit of a, just a bit of a weird one that I don't think we've felt since as a Sultan and experiment, to be honest, because it's nice and short and sweet one. It, it was Black Orchid. It was two episodes. And it was I, over. I, I kind of find quite funny because every time anything like Black Orchid comes out, I sit there thinking Blue Orchid is in the song by White Stripes. Hmm. Only you do. It's a good song. I happen to have that album. I'll take it's your word for album. it. I'm not a... Uh, you say White Stripes? I'm not really a White Stripes fan. So. How are you not a White Stripes fan? Because oh, it's just not my type of music. Yeah, but I've heard you play Seven Nation Army before. Everyone loves that song, Becky. Yeah, but there's a lot more songs than just Seven Nation Army. I know, but I can't be bothered to have listened to them. Although the music video for Blue Orchid is very weird. So like I say, uh, I mentioned Sultana Experiments. So if you remember, Sultana Experiment was two episodes. We're now getting another two episodes. Mm. Uh, they don't do this very often in Doctor Who. It must be just like a scheduling thing. Or I think next week's uh, Earthshock is a sixer. So mm. maybe they wanted to do a sixer. So they had a little tour to do. So it was only two episodes. It was over consecutive nights as well. The first to the second of March, 82. In the poll... It came in a reasonable number, to be honest. It was a um, hundred and fifty-sixth in the polls. It's kind of in the middle, to be honest. And uh, it was written by Terence Dudley. Now he directed Megulus, and he also wrote Four to Doomsday. And this is directed by first-time director Ron Jones. So if we could go through the synopsis, there's not too much to go through, to be honest. So it's probably going to be a bit of a shortened podcast this week, um, but. It's nice, to be honest, sometimes to have a short podcast because it gives people a chance to catch up all the other podcasts as well. Um, so the synopsis, the TARDIS arrives on Earth in 1925 where due to court, due to a case of misidentity the doctor ends up playing in a local cricket match the travelers accept an invitation to a masked fancy dress ball but events take on a more sinister tone as murders are perpetrated at the country home of their host murder lord, mystery night yep lord charles cranley and that kind of is it in a nutshell to be honest it is a bit murder. of a murder mystery but not a very long-winded one I swear I've seen basic murder mysteries in an episode of Big Bang Theory last last time. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, it kind of, it's kind of really strange because part of me keeps thinking about the Agatha Christie one in New Who. Yeah. You know, but I've actually seen part of this one before when you watched it, when you got it. Mm. And um, so I know some sort of the premise. Yep. Anyway, going into it. 
but this one, you know, I do like the story, but I think it could have been. It's a very hit the ground sort of. It's a very hit well, the ground running story. They have to get through everything very, really like, quickly. You know, bit 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 bit. You know, it was just like. Um, well, they're kind of revealing the villain in the first episode, whereas normally it would be in the second. It just, it just don't didn't make you know. I was just like, right, well, we got this, 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 and this, and it was just like a case of dot to dot. But the you know the dots are so close together, there's nothing drawn out in the middle, yeah. and so it's just the plot isn't very. What you know, the plot was all well and good, the story was good, but I think it could have done with you know another two episodes. Well, it, or it, even another you've got to think one, it would have been a two episode, uh, probably a four episode, or if they probably didn't want to you do know, a six, just a you know, four episode serial instead of two episodes. Actually, so I'm wrong, actually just to interject, had... uh, Earthshock is not actually a sixer, it's actually a four, so actually, they didn't, they just probably yeah, just so had... at the end of the day, they might be in the show they... notes, so I'll have a look in the show notes. At why the couldn't end. they have done it as a, a three or a four? And then basically had a bit more depth to the story. It's probably in the show notes, which I'll get to at the end. Because they don't the reveal much the about the guy, about the villain sort of piece. Mm. They don't really reveal much about the orchid in itself. Um, well, they do a little bit. There is yeah, a little they, bit of the backstory to, well, the, to yeah, the premise of it. What, two sentences? Well, we will get through. You know, we'll, it's I just, to me, it just seems like, yeah, it's a good plot, you know, it's a good storyline. But... Even an episode of EastEnders is basically longer than that. Well, and it's just you know, it's just it's kind of really frustrating that it's you know we've had a go at serials for being long-winded before. Sixes, yeah, six six episode curses, I like to call it. And the problem is with this, it had a good premise, had a good storyline and plot. So why not actually put the time and effort Mm. into actually? fleshing it out i do i do agree but i do think also on the flip side it just was abrupt it was an abrupt ending and it was just you know like they say in pirates of the caribbean short drop and a sudden stop i do agree with that but i do think what they delivered in two episodes was actually quite good i think they could have done more they could have done more but i think what they delivered was quite good in two episodes yeah but they could have fleshed it out they could have Mm. had another couple of episodes and that's the thing that infuriates me the most about it well let's go through the segue into the plot so first of all we start off the fact of nissa's outfit just looks stupid well we'll get all into that in the plot the Um, dress is nice just the headdress looked Mm. really Crap. So we start off in a corridor of a stately home where a servant called Digby is basically strangled to death by a horribly scarred and defigured man. Uh, we then basically uh, flick then to like the TARDIS where the Doctor arrives at nineteen in 1925 at a small rail station where there's a little bit of a change here from Tegan a little bit as well because now... Uh, Tegan is more accepting of her situation. For the last, like, I don't know, six, how long she's been here now? About four or five serials now? Mm. For every single serial, she's wanted to get back to Heathrow, to get back to her normal life. Whiny. Now, she's sort of, yeah, well, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, more she's accepting. now, yeah, she's more accepted her situation. She doesn't really want to leave now as much. So she's kind of embracing it. And also, I do believe in this one 
that you know this, this is more of a Nyssa centered story but Tegan as the character away from that is quite she's quite chilled out she's took a chill pill she's not so whiny she's not so screamy she's not she's just basically changed the character is sort of I think is trying to say that she's kind of accepted the Mellow. situation yeah and she's kind of She's been there a while now. She knows what she's in for. Well, it, so was, now she's it was filmed it. in the 80s. So, you know, could have been a bit of a, you know. Mm. So <laughs> as they leave the um, they leave the, the confines of the train station, there is a chauffeur who is basically named Tanner. And he is waiting for somebody, somebody called the doctor. Uh, so... The doctor's obviously a little bit surprised to hear him actually say it. He then whisked him I to... I they, they meant he's supposed to be a doctor, not yep. the doctor. Yep, so there's a little bit, of, like I said, uh, in the synopsis, there's a bit of misidentify. Well, are you the doctor? Sort yes. of a misidentify here, or whatever they call it. Uh, a case of mistaken identity, that's what it's worth. Um, so they whisk him off to... I remember a... there being a film like that, and these babies were swapped at birth. Mm. What, what was the film called? Mistaken identity. There you go. Um, so yeah, they whisk they whisk the doctor it, away. It was sort of like a true true life sort of thing that you used to get on. Um, well, sort of it like strangely probably happened things. quite a lot in the fifties and sixties. No, didn't you know they used to be in the, a lot in the sort of fifties and sixties area, especially to unmarried women. They used to actually tell them that they had stillborn babies, and they used mm. to um, baby farm them and sell them off to wealthy people. That sort of thing does happen. Yes. What you did know, happen. yeah, it did. It probably still happens, but you know, you know, which so is not none the wiser. Anyway, so now the it's doctor, called adoption. the doctor and his companions are whisked away to a cricket match, where the doctor is surprisingly very good at cricket. He uh, he is a what kind of bowler, Becky? What was he? A fast bowler. A fast bowler, yes. So he, only good, put put it this way: you don't want to be a slow bowler because you know. Pete Batsman can easily predict where it's coming, where it's also, And you don't want to be a medium bowler because, you know, still same principle. If you're a fast bowler, you can't, the batter can't anticipate it coming mm. uh, any which way. So the best bowler to be is a fast bowler. My granddad was a fast bowler. Yep, so he meets the Lord Charles Cranley, who uh, thinks that the doctor is my basically... Gra- my granddad used to play for Eaton Park cricket team and he was... He broke um, several of his fingers trying to catch mm, a ball. That's the problem. It's one of the occupational Big, hazards yep. of a cricket match. But he was a very good batsman and a very fast bowler. Yeah, so he meets Lord Charles Cranley, who basically, like I said, mistaken identity. He thinks it's his friend's uh, friend, and he thinks he's a doctor. That's basically what it is. A friend of they a end friend, up, yeah. They end up winning the match, and... Charles Cranley invites them all back to this fancy dress party that they've got in the evening at their massive hall, obviously well, called Cranley Hall. Sort of a mansion. Really. It's quite a nice mansion as well. Nice, a nice set there as well. There's a lot of uh, film shots in this with mm. some studio. More, it looks like it's more film than studio because they're outside a lot more. Um, it's got so, a nice terrace though. Yeah, so they go back to the uh, the hall where they have this like sort of uh, s- sort of opulent sitting room that basically contains a display case housing a magnificent black orchid. That's well, not really in the display case. It's sort of like on top of a bureau. Yep, which Lady Cranley, who was Charles's mother, basically says about the loss of her botanist son, George, who basically was killed on an Amazon expedition to find this rare orchid. So when... Yeah, they managed to bring back the orchid. 
Well, yeah. Well, that's, but that's they tried it. to make out that he died. Well, yeah. Anyway, so... But how'd he die if he basically, if they got the orchid? Well, that's ah. it. Well, that's it. But all will be revealed, won't it? So we then get introduced to Anne, who is basically a spitting image doppelganger of Nyssa. So it seems I was played by the same actress. Don't give away the secrets, Becky. Mm. I gotta admit, uh, we did what I did. We did watch the Blu-ray. That Blue haircut Ray. was diabolical. Nineteen twenties. It was awful. That's like I had a bob once because my father made me have one, and it was a lot longer than that, and it was god awful. I, I even have the photo because my mum decided to send it to me, and I wasn't gonna show you because it's horrible and embarrassing. Mm. But I might have to now. Right. Oh, well, I'll have a look at that later. So, um. Yeah, so we're watching it on the Blu-ray. I don't know if it's uh, if it's like uh, cleaned up for the Blu-ray or not, but that split the split screen was really well done. Um, you know, having obviously Sarah Sutton playing both roles, obviously had to fill one half, then fill the half other half, then splice it together. It looks really quite seamless. It's quite good, but you can tell Anne apart from Anissa, and there's one feature. Yeah, but say, I just really didn't like which was them. which was what? how could they tell them apart? Birthmark. There is a mole on her shoulder, yes. But the thing is, though, it's kind you know, I just really didn't like them headdresses. The dresses were nice, but mm. the thing is that annoyed me with that was a continuity because one minute, you know, she's laying there with these thi- like wing things attached to her arms and one minute there's nothing there and then all of a sudden the bracelet's there mm. that well, it attaches to and I'm like, yeah. continuity... Well, Betty's talking about the uh, the costumes, which we'll now get onto. Yeah, so it's really after after all the introductions, they basically and go the back to their sucked. they it's get bad paper mache. They get taken to like their restrooms where they can then prepare for the ball. Charles provides the Doctor with a costume for the party, which is a Harlequin suit and a it's full not really a mask. Harlequin, it's a dodgy clown. It looks like a clown. Yes, that's the way I would say it. And then you wonder why people have such aversions to clowns. So the Doctor then ends up going to the bath to freshen up. Someone then uses a secret passage in his room to enter the room. The Doctor then comes out and he ends up going into that passage and then his costume is actually taken by this mysterious person. Upstairs in Nyssa and Tegan uh, and Anne, they're all preparing for the party and this is where um, they get uh, basically given a copy of Anne's costume. So Nyssa and Anne look exactly identical at the party, wearing is like a butterfly outfit, isn't it? With a like you said, a headdress with like the antlers on it, a blue blue antlers. That's not blue. And stag. Antennae. That's what I mean. I know what I mean. The listeners know what I mean. Antennae. So obviously they're incognito, so you can't tell them apart. But obviously we know them apart because there's a birthmark, basically. So then. Uh, Tegan then basically uh, shows Nissa that she can do a little dance from the area and uh, or the era. Sorry, era, and it was not area era. Yeah, and what was it? Charleston. The Charleston, yes. Um, of a simple sort of dance, really, isn't? Well, it's not simple as in. I'd love to see you try and well, do it. The dance is not what I mean. It's what what Tegan does is kind of simple. That's what I'm just trying to get at. You know, it's not overly like a lot. It's basically the same move. So it was a popular dance at 1925. So the Doctor then finds his way into like sort of out of that secret uh, passageway into a corridor where he finds a closet 
of old clothes and books and there is a more shocking discovery inside there is a man's dead body inside uh, elsewhere then the doctor's companions have then gone to the party where they're enjoying it Nyssa is enjoying having people uh, guessing whether she is Anne or not and Tegan is sort of dancing as well while Adric is basically far more interested in basically eating food copious amounts of food yes a lot of food um they then all begin to wonder where the doctor is because he's obviously not there and the person who basically stole his harlequin's costume ends up coming outside into the party taking Anne away to dance with him they then sort of um keep dancing and then they end up dancing into the foyer area away from everyone at the party where he sort of basically grabs Anne uh, by the wrists she then shouts for help only for then a servant to come which uh, help tries to help sort of sort of uh, fight off this attack only for him to then end up getting grabbed around the neck and he's thrown to the floor violently and then faints and then that's the end of the episode and then at part two the doctor, uh, while he's in the corridor, he finds Lady Cranley and her servant, who is called Latoni, I think it is, or Latoni, Latoni, yeah. isn't it? Who is basically an Indian from Brazil, uh, which is a bit of a plot, obviously a bit more of the backstory well, yeah, of the plot because line. Because I always basically thought Native, Native Indians were sort of like more towards North America than South America. Well, he was part of the expedition, wasn't he? Um, the Amazon expedition? No, he was a Basically, when they, he took the Black Orchid, what they say is that the tribe he kind of took it from hmm. um, made him disfigured and everything. Yeah. And then it was a neighbouring tribe, which Latomi comes from. Yep. And who basically helped him get home. Right, okay then. Yes, all right then. So, uh, yeah, he meets them. Uh, he shows them the body. He then agrees not to tell the guests to avoid causing a panic and returns to his room where the imposter has actually carefully returned his costume and the doctor then arrives and dresses in the costume to go back to the uh, the party where uh, Lady Cranley and Latoni come to a sort of locked door in that secret passage area where on the other side of the door, Anne has been placed on a bed with this mysterious figure hiding under the bed and ends up running out of the room into the arms of Lady Cranley and Latoni enters the room and ties up the figure, which, you know, it's best to say who he is now. He is actually her son, George, who was on the expedition. If you can obviously figure that out. Um, no, it's kind of obvious, not really. Yep, so he's like got a disfigured mm. face and stuff like that. James, who was the servant, his body is then discovered uh, at the uh, bottom of the stairs and the servants then alert Charles and a servant... That's the thing. What I don't get, right, is one servant, he kills and puts in the cupboard. Yep. The other one, he, he just leaves, leaves him out. there and takes Anne, the fainted Anne, back to his room, basically. Yeah, but if she's fainted, she's not going to come around anytime soon. So we could have got rid of him first. Hmm. So, so it's not a case of, you know, timing. It's a case of basically she can't be bothered. So the uh, the s- servant who f- uh, basically found James as the other servant's body goes and sees Charles and uh, Sir Robert Murr, who is a chief constable. He was, uh, let me have a look and see. Yeah, has he actually got a... Yeah, Maury, Moray Watson. He was played by Moray Watson, who was more famous for being in sort of Darling Buds of May. 
uh, in, yeah. in that kind of role, to be honest, not chief constable, but kind of that sort of 1920s, 30s era, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, he's more famous for that. So, the doctor then is as a no, not really watched it. <laughs> yeah, as they're sort of uh, m- sort of mulling over the dead body, the doctor then descends the stairs, and Anne then identifies her as basically her attacker. The doctor tries to defend himself, but he just really can't. He just he does say that he put the costume on and that he'd been lost in the secret passage of the house. Although you know he's trying to say about dead body and all this sort of stuff. Though Lady Cranley arrives and refuses to sort of corroborate his story so they end up sort of arresting him and Tegan and Nyssa and taking them into like a police car where the doctor basically says about stopping at the rail station and he's got proof there that he is what he says he is because he has to sort of confess a little bit that he's a time traveling alien basically they don't obviously believe him so he takes them to the rail station to prove it only for the TARDIS to be not there anymore because the policemen have confiscated it and taken oh, it back to the war, station. War so in the world, HG Wells. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind yeah, of... because he, he says about that, doesn't he? He says about like HD Wells and the Time Machine. The Time Machine is actually a really good film, the original, not the remake, Becky. Yeah, but I like Guy Pearson. Oh, I like the original. The original 1960s version is the best one, I think. So they take. I've to never the... actually seen it, so I wouldn't know. Oh, well, you're missing out. And so. to be honest, I've still never seen War of the Worlds. I've seen the Tom Cruise one, which kind of sucked. Mm. You know. Yeah. And the cop off version in Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. Again, the original War of the Worlds is a good one. I saw a little bit of it when I was a kid, but I never really, you know. So they take basically the doctor back to the police station where he shows him inside I the had TARDIS. had that freaking song stuck in my head for God knows how long because t- of you, though. He takes him inside the TARDIS to prove what he's saying is uh, the truth. Back at the manor house, the defigured man, George, has broken free of his restraints and he violently t- attacks Latoni, who uh, in his last moments of consciousness uh, slips the key to the door uh, into the f- sort of crack in the floor. This makes the uh, this makes George basically set a fire in that room to burn through the door so he can get out. The Doctor moves the TARDIS as well because they they report this fire to the policeman. He says, "Well, I can get there quicker," and they say, "How?" And he basically does. He just moves the TARDIS to right outside the mansion as basically Anne runs out of the manor into Sir Robert's arms. Uh, the fire is basically raging. The um, where are we up to now? Uh, runs upstairs. The unknown man breaks through his door and goes downstairs to where Charles is assuring Lady Cranley that he will look after Anne. As Charles approaches, telling him everything will be all right, the disfigured man backs away into the doctor and the others who just entered. In a panic, the man grabs Nissa and takes her upstairs into the burning area. The Doctor, Adric and Charles try to follow, but the stairs are ablaze, and they are forced to basically come back down. Lady Cranley tells Sir Robert that the scarred figure is George, her son. However, the Doctor points out that George has taken Nyssa and not Anne, because uh, basically George was meant to marry Anne, so he can still obviously retain his feelings and his love for her. So... A bit obsessed. Yep. And... uh, he basically takes her out onto the roof where the doctor decides to go through the blazing inferno to try and get up to the roof while Charles climbs up 
the windows. Yeah, it's closed on roofs, so you make any smoke damage, do they? Nope. So, uh, and seeing as they're kind of like, you know, but like beige. Yep. So he climbs up the uh, the windows to try and get to the balcony. This is where she explains to uh, Lady Cranley explains to Sir Robert that George was not actually killed during his search for the Black Orchid in the Amazon, but he was captured and tortured by the Kajabi tribe who considered the bloom sacred and themselves its guardian. After George's maiming, Latoni's tribe rescued and looked after him. Latoni brought George back home where his family preferred that he stay out of sight and pretend to be dead. And um, basically all George basically wanted was to get to his fiance, basically, like you say, a bit obsessive. So the doctor and Charles are back on the terrace. The doctor manages to get uh, to convince George that it's actually Nissa and not Anne because Anne is down at the yeah, bottom in the, the garden. Thing. It's like why do why the need? You know, it's always a sudden need. But if anyone's actually disfigured or anything like that, oh, actually, we'll have them presumed dead. Instead of basically actually, you know, trying to help them. Don't know. Maybe because they look f- like frowning upon them at this time. I don't know. Well, that's maybe what I mean. Society's expectations are so, you know, how many times do I have to go over the elephant man? Mm. Anyway, you know? George lets go to Nyssa, who goes to the doctor. Then uh, Charles tries to sort of uh, thank George and attempt to embrace his lost brother. A frightened George recoils from Charles and he overbalances, falling over the edge of the roof to the terrace below, basically dying. Uh, at the end, then, after ter- attending George's funeral, so the doctor and his companions actually attended George's funeral, they uh, end up saying their goodbyes to Charles, Anne and Lady Cranley. And Tegan then has this like large box, obviously contained her fancy dress, which they've been given as part and gift, while the Doctor received a further gift from Lady Crownley, which is a leather-bound copy of George's book, which is called The Black Orchid, which the Time Lord says he will treasure, and that is the end of the serial. So short and sweet, basically. So, uh, we will quickly go through, uh, I think we basically said a, a fair bit of what, what we think. Mm. I think it was it was short and sweet, and I think it was quite good for, I think they did as best they could in the two, but, um, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it probably could have done with one more episode instead of having like a bit of an abrupt ending. But uh, Mark Campbell's verdict. Well, it wasn't just the fact of an abrupt ending. It was the fact of, you know, it wasn't fleshed out enough. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right in saying that. So uh, the verdict from Mark uh, Campbell's episode. I want to say that again because, you know, you know how much I like to hear that I'm right. Well, I did cringe a little bit. So yeah. anyway, right, don't, don't yourself. So this charming Marguerite Allingham style mystery is a breath of fresh air. The studio sets are scrum, sumptuous, and there is a plethora of small, beautiful moments. And Mark Campbell gave it a full marks, ten out of ten. You get on a right there with your long words. That was very difficult. He did like to get the long words in that one. So yeah, ten out of ten from Mark Campbell. And it's plethora. Oh, plethora, plethora, whichever. So, show notes. Uh, it's not really. I'd just like to wind you up. It's uh, just seeing if it says in the show notes why there were two episodes. Um, I can't really see. From Murder Mystery. No. No. There's nothing really here that says why. 
um, why it was a two episode. There's nothing really. Might be. No, I don't think so. It doesn't really say anything really why. Just as the first two part serial, the 1980s and the first in season 12s, the Soltaran experiment. So it's not really any any uh, details as to why it was a two. Maybe it's just a scheduling thing. Maybe they just had like uh, a, a Conflict. small. Yeah, it's more gap to put a two episode in. Uh, maybe they only had so many. Maybe they had an episode count that they had to have. So each series mm. four episodes. So maybe they had more. Uh, maybe uh, serial was meant to be a six and it ended up not being. But yeah, that's Black Orchid. And it is a bit of a small, small, short and sweet one. That is okay. I think mm. it's not the best. It's not the worst. I think it is what it is. I think, like you said, the story is quite. It's quite. It's a basic murder mystery story in a way, but I do think it's kind of uh, sometimes simple. Simple is sometimes the word. I think that you know, Becky's phone very professional. Um, I think simple is sometimes better, uh, and I think they did it quite well in this one. So next week is going to be Earthshock. This is the big one. I think Earthshock is a highlight. Uh, just to, I've got to hype it up a little bit. Um, Earthshock is the big one. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away to Becky. We're just going to watch it. And uh, I think at the end of it, Becky might be happy with one thing. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. So let's say thank you all for listening. Uh, think like I say, another short and sweet episode to go with the short and sweet nature of the serial. And uh, let us know in the social medias if you like the Black Orchid or not. And uh, yeah, like I say, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was the worst. So like I say, uh, shocks next week. And we'll hope that you will join us then. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>